Welcome to Lombardi's Legends Podcast. Dane here with Legs. Legs, finally football is back, kind of. <laughs> yes, exactly. And uh, it's been exciting to read all the flurry of headlines that we've been getting out of camp through the first first uh, few practices here. Uh, they're in full pads, and uh, we're really anxious to talk some football. Yeah, I'll tell you what. Um I there's a lot to to unpack. I think that uh, really though there's a lot of interesting storylines, but I've been fascinated about the offensive line movement so far, and I'm kind of curious your take on that end. We we did our breakdown before the season started, um, or before camp started. But Wags, I mean, Billy Turner seems like he's going to have a starting position somewhere. Um, but you know, right guard, right tackle. I kind of like what the Packers are doing right now. They're giving Lane Taylor a real opportunity to win a starting spot, and uh, there's a potential that Ricky Wagner is the first man up off the bench. Yeah, and I think it makes a lot of sense because uh, you want to have your best five-man unit out there, and it also keeps uh, both those guys engaged. So no matter who emerges from the starting competition – they know that they were given every opportunity to earn a spot, may the best man win, and, you know, they could hopefully uh, both come out of this, or even including uh, Billy Turner, all coming out of this playing at a really high level. Uh, and then if there is an injury, hopefully that guy that has to come in, um, you've got some additional versatility, and that guy is feeling like they're ready to go and that they have – something to prove and, and should have been that guy all along. So uh, what's really interesting, though, Dane, is you talked about this when we did the offensive line preview. These guys are moving around a little bit, and specifically I should say Billy Turner is moving around the most. You don't see that too often where the presumptive starter is the one that might, you know, doesn't necessarily have the position settled. Um, so that says a lot about what the coaches think of Billy Turner and, and the confidence they, they have in him to go out there and get the job done, whether it be at guard or at tackle. No doubt about it, man. I like it. I, I'm I'm fascinated to see it. And good for Lane Taylor, you know. Good for him to have a chance to, to get in there and mix it up. Um, looking ahead, um, we got to talk about A.J. Dillon. I mean, he came into camp about as strong as you can imagine a running back could. He's a rookie. A lot of hype right now, a lot of fanfare, but Wags, you and I were talking yesterday. I mean, he was knocking around some of those sleds like they were nothing. Um, I'm really eager to see what he's going to be able to do once the pads are totally on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, boy, uh, A.J. Gillen has definitely been the early talk of camp from Packers media and fans. Uh, it's hard not to take notice. We were kind of joking around about that in our Insta Live on Sunday night um, with, uh, I believe, Rob Domofsky of ESPN tweeted out a, a photo that went viral uh, talking about uh, A.J. Dillon's legs um, and the supposed ogling that seems to be going on. It's hard to deny, though, that this guy looks just absolutely ripped. And if you haven't seen 
the video that Dane is alluding <laughs> to of AJ Dillon just annihilating a sled. I mean, normally these guys just kind of just, you know, make a shoulder contact and there's a little light lift. He actually knocked the sled over, <laughs> which is just kind of, never seen that before. It's kind of insane. Uh, even old linemen that are doing their blocking drills with the sled and, you know, they're really trying to get that lift. Uh, I, you don't see this kind of movement. So it was just absolutely ridiculous. And, and clearly AJ's got a, a, you know, he's a man on a mission. Um, what I really like, though, is I was just looking, and there were some, some headlines today. Jamal Williams talked to some media members as well, yeah. and he's got – sounds like he has his, his head in the right place. We talked a little bit about that uh, competition uh, along the offensive line. Jamal, you know, not only has that competition from A.J. Dillon, but I'm sure he feels like, hey, you know, my role is pretty defined, and I'm going to – don't forget about me. I'm someone that can really – uh, contribute at a high level, uh, particularly in the pass game, um, as a pass blocker and receiver out of the backfield. Uh, so it's hard to imagine, as we talked about uh, in our running back preview, that Jamal Williams isn't uh, still pretty involved in the backfield. And then we had uh, uh, Tyler Irvin uh, that's been moving around between the wide receiver and running back position groups. So um, it's really interesting. It's very clear where the coaches are you know, looking for some competition amongst some of these positions and some of these guys in camp. And they're going to give these guys every opportunity to do what they can to win a job. Um, and uh, so those are uh, another couple of guys that uh, certainly you're going to want to keep uh, looking at those uh, news clips and, and keep watching and, and seeing what's what's coming out of camp as well. Wags, I like this. I, I There's a lot of competition across the board in camp. And I think that it's pretty obvious to me that Lafleur and this coaching staff wants that. Like they, they're they're like actively seeking out competition, having their teammates compete with each other. Um, you know, I know we're bouncing around position groups because we could talk all day, but about about uh, these players. But Oren Burks, the first man up, giving him an opportunity to play next to Christian Kirksey. Um, I, I'm I'm eager to see what he can do. I know you and I both really like Ty Summers on that front. Um, but just kind of reading the news there. Uh, and then also Adrian Amos, man, starting off camp strong, getting some picks on Aaron Rodgers. Um, our buddy Timmy uh, earlier uh, was talking about the Rodgers throwing four picks to start camp. But, Wags, I think fans need to just calm down a little bit and relax on the Aaron Rodgers turnovers in, uh, in training camp. Um, Rodgers has done this a long time, and, and Weggs, I feel like it's almost like death taxes and Aaron Rodgers throwing interceptions in bunches in training camp. Yeah, well, and I made the point that Aaron is a very, uh, I don't want to talk about not being a good leader. He's a very giving and generous teammate in camp, <laughs> um, giving these young defensive guys opportunities to go make some plays. Uh, but, it, you know, in, in all seriousness, though, He's been on the record that he's using practice to really push those boundaries. He wants to both see his guys on the offensive side and see how how well they're able to go and win those uh, battles uh, and go and go get the football. Um, and he's also going to try to take some angles and see what he's capable of and, and what 
angles he's able to to take. I mean, he's he's really just like a surgeon, just looking at every potential outcome, and he uses practice to do that. So interceptions in practice from Aaron Rodgers, I mean, that's as much of a non-starry as you're going to get. Um, he He's basically doing it to see what he can get away with uh, so that, you know, when it gets out on the field on Sundays, he knows exactly uh, what both he and his receivers are capable of. Wags, so the pads came on. The defense looked pretty darn good. Uh, what did you make? Because I don't know if you saw this, but I, I saw it, I think, a little bit on Twitter. Um, I hear rumblings that the defense has been chirping a little bit at the offense and calling themselves the D-train already. Um, I love it. I feel like this team has some pretty good chemistry. Uh, last season, they had great chemistry. This season, it seems like they've just uh, hit it off again. It's always telling to me, um, I think, really good teams – the offenses and the defense have um, a friendly competition that sometimes isn't friendly <laughs> in practice. Um, but it's noticeable that everything I've seen out of camp so far, the offensive guys and the defensive guys are talking to each other. They're, uh, you can tell that they're working with each other. I think um, sometimes bad teams, they stick to offense, they stick to defense. Um, this team really seems to uh, admire and like each other. So what do you make of the, the D train already coming out in Green Bay uh, and the defense ribbing the offense a little bit? I, I love it. I mean, that's what this is all about is the competition. And they they can't go out and play other teams. So in camp, uh, you're going to have <laughs> some chirping. You might have uh, guys, you know, uh, you know, they might get in some scuffles here and there. There, there could be a swing taken or two. Um, that's no big deal. They'll go on, you know, uh, they'll, they'll get over that pretty quickly. That's just what happens out on the football field. And I'm sure that this defense must just be, I, from all accounts, Christian Kersey's looked phenomenal out there at the inside linebacker position. And, uh, you know, we've got uh, open competition, as you mentioned earlier. Oren Burke's got the first opportunity to line up next to him with the ones. But uh, with uh, certainly Savage and Adrian Amos, as you said, uh, back in year two uh, in this uh, uh, Mike Patton system, where are the weaknesses? I mean, this isn't a perfect defense. Don't get me wrong, but you just don't really see any huge holes or weaknesses out there at an individual level or at a position group. Um, Kenny Clark's got to be feeling great after getting his big contract. So, I mean, I, I, you just go on down the line. The defense, I, that's, defense typically does thrive a little bit off of uh, you know, that swagger. So <laughs> you're going to get some of that anyway. And uh, if they're feeling loose and confident, that's exactly what you want to see. And hopefully that just continues to translate through camp and onto the fields on Sunday. Briggs, one more thing I wanted to touch on, just flipping back to the offensive side of the ball, um, the tight end position. I think that uh, big Bobby Tunyon has been getting uh, a little bit of news recently, but really I'm looking at uh, – I'm watching that, but I'm watching Jay Sternberger as well. Uh, I'm looking at uh, DeGuara. I'm looking at just – it's such a young group, and I'm just kind of seeing how they operate so far. And I think that Jay Sternberger, um, you know, this offense could really run through some of the stuff that he's able to do. So um just kind of curious your take there. I mean, I think LeFleur alluded to the fact that 
Tunyon could actually be a starter or get his starter snaps. I mean, I when I hear those types of, of news and those types of things, all I can think is that this team, um, they're going to keep four tight ends, you know, when I when I hear something like that. And and also, I, I just think that they, they like what they have out of this young group. I know that they're young, um, Mercedes Lewis aside, um, but I think that they really think that they have something interesting here uh, to, to help the team out this season and, and really help the offense uh, more be more in the mold of what Coach LaFleur is looking for. Yeah, um, I, well, regarding Tanya, and I, we'll see. I mean, he's got to show that he can block. That's always been the issue for, for whether he can, you know, be a more consistent contributor. And, you know, honestly, I think his ceiling is pretty limited. If he's our starter, I don't think that's good news coming out. I, no disrespect to Robert Tunyon. I, I, I more attribute that to it's early in camp. Uh, we've got some young tight ends that, that Coach LaFleur needs to see step up and be ready to go in Jay Sternberger and, and Isaiah, Isaiah Daguera. Um, and he's not going to just hand them the job. So he wants Robert Tunyon to be engaged and, and really competing as well. Um, so I, I don't know that I attribute it any more than that. Uh, but uh, I mean, if, if he comes back and, and he's shown that uh, he can, he can take his game to the next level and can contribute as a blocker by all means, uh, he'll get out there on the field. He's been out on the field a little bit the last couple of seasons. Uh, but uh, that's going to be the biggest question, Mark. Um, we haven't heard a lot about this group. Uh, Sternberger just came off of the COVID list and, and is just kind of easing back into things here. Um, so I think uh, that's been probably one of the quieter position groups so far. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if we get some more storylines uh, coming out of that tight end group uh, as we move forward. Wags, one more guy I want to highlight um, Josh Jackson has put together uh, a very good start to camp uh, coming into year three. I know a guy that you and I both really like um, hasn't been able to um, completely scratch all of his potential, uh, but uh, again, uh, having some really nice pass breakups, doesn't matter who the quarterback is. Uh, it's been against some, some talented receivers. Um, I, I just, I, I, Give me your thoughts on Josh, because if he can uh, continue to progress, that's going to be huge for this defense. Yeah, we need him. Uh, we needed uh, four to five DBs last year, and unfortunately, Josh wasn't able to be one of those that got out onto the field. Uh, he, you know, he didn't quite beat out some of those other guys uh, that were competing with him. And uh, now, you know, we we talked ad nauseum about Tremont not not coming back, and and I don't know if that's going to happen at this point. So I think they're pretty happy with who they have. And uh, so we need Josh Jackson to, to be ready to go. Uh, and look, not to get ahead of ourselves and look beyond the season, but we know what this group, you know, looks like long-term as well. Uh, so Josh Jackson uh, developing into a, a role this year, a consistent role, uh, and continuing to improve would, would pay dividends both for him individually as well as the team. Long term. So, I mean, if he's able to get into, even if he gets that Chandon Sullivan role this year that Chandon had last year, that would be a significant development, I think, for this defense. Um, talk about not having any weak links. Uh, if they're in passing situations and Josh Jackson can come in and play at a pretty high level for his position and what they're asking him to do, that would be, you know, uh, it, it would be a huge uh, boost to this defense. Uh, and look, 
he was a late developer in college at Iowa. He, he wasn't a significant contributor the first few seasons there and then became an All-American type player by the time he was uh, done. So uh, perhaps he's taken a similar trajectory here. Uh, I believe this is his third season uh, with the Packers. So if he's he's ready to go here in year three, uh, and if there's an injury, uh, he he could be in line for a pretty significant role in the defense this year. Wags, just going through some uh, some um, housekeeping here. Uh, David Bakhtiari and Corey Lindsley returned to practice. Darius Smith out, but doesn't seem serious. Montrevious Adams, he got carted off yesterday, but it sounds like the Packers uh, don't think it's going to be serious. Hunter Bradley off the COVID reserve list, so our long snapper is back. Uh, Greg Roberts was taken off COVID as well and moved instantly to the uh, PUP list. I'm sure I'm missing. Oh, and Devontae Adams. How could I forget, Wags? Devontae hobbled a little bit today. It looked like it was a right leg injury, uh, but was able to come back into into uh, practice. I held my breath for about 20 minutes uh, early afternoon uh, reading that, but it sounds like he's back. Um, so, so far, so good for the most part. I think uh, most of these guys getting pulled out of practice have just been precautionary. Yeah, and we've seen some more roster moves, too. And I just feel, you know, I feel for some of these guys, these young guys that came in. And, and yes, they were uh, a long shot to make the team. And, and, I, and, I'm, and they knew it, too. But they've been working so hard. And it's just so unfortunate with the circumstances that we're in this year that uh, they just – honestly didn't really get the same opportunity that they would in a normal year. So I want to just give a quick shout out to those guys and we wish them well. And hopefully they're able to get another opportunity to continue their NFL dream or heck who knows uh, if they have an opportunity to come back to green Bay and, and, uh, and latch on perhaps your practice squad down the line. Uh, we would certainly welcome back with open arms. No doubt. Yeah. Travis Fulgham, uh, gone. He was a late addition as one of the wide receivers, uh, played with Detroit last season. And then Travis Bruffy, a friend of our podcast, had, took the time to come on earlier this offseason. Uh, about the nicest guy you could ever, uh, meet <laughs> uh, from our interactions with him. So, uh, just, uh, I, I, uh, agree, Wags. It's the side of the business that I really hate, um, seeing some of really good people get cut. Um, but that's part of this, unfortunately, and uh, now the season continues to move on, and um, and now, you know, these guys are all looking. There's 80 right now. They're looking to earn these roster spots when we cut down to 53. Yep, absolutely. So uh, stay tuned. I think that's about uh, going to do it for us for today. We're keeping it short. Just wanted to kind of pop on and give us, uh, give us some quick thoughts on some of the news and headlines that we've been seeing. Uh, from the first few days of camp. Uh, we will be back soon with some more thoughts or if there's any uh, big-time news or acquisitions that get made, I'm sure we'll pop on uh, to share some more thoughts about that. But uh, thanks so much for listening and following along. Um, and as always, Go Pack Go! Go Pack Go!